are part of this series called Soul Detox. How many of you have been blessed through God's word for the past three weeks? Amen. I have been blessed myself as I've been preparing and re-preparing and re-reading some of the passages. And we all need our soul to be detoxed, right? Many people have a lot of diet plan. Uh, many have, you know, if, you're, if you've uh, started this year saying that I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to gain muscles. Uh, the, the second most important thing that they would have said is that uh, as you are working out, you are, should also have a plan for your diet, right? Your intake is very important. But I don't know how many of us have paused to say I'm going to have a diet plan for my soul. I'm going to have a diet plan for my spiritual food. And many of us, we, we don't think about it that way because 99% um, of the time, we are driven by the desires and the needs of our body than what our soul needs. Amen? And that's how we are wired. That's how our culture is. You put on the TV, uh, anything and everything that you see, not just in TV, in social media, anywhere and everywhere, even in conversations, uh, we go around to a, uh, to a wedding or something, watch everything that you are doing. What are you talking about? We are talking about the needs of our flesh. Right? Nobody walks into a wedding or, or when they meet a person, they shake their hands and say, Hi, how is your soul today? They'd be like, whoa. <laughs> right? It would be weird if you ask somebody, how's your soul today? How's your soul diet going on? You know, you, you will, uh, people would find you a little bit like, what are you talking about my soul? My soul is fine. Leave it alone. <laughs> it's something really deep. It's something really precious. But we think about it very less. And that's why in the beginning of this year, God has initiated this series for our church so that we will start with a good spiritual diet plan. So four weeks, uh, today is week four. If you have missed the previous messages, it's available uh, in our website, kingcitychurch.org, and there's a page called Sermons. Everything that I have ever preached for the past five years is there. But if you want to listen to Soul Detox, the past three weeks, you can go and listen to it. It's available in Spotify. It's available in Apple Podcasts. It's available in my notes if you want to read my notes. Whatever you want, I'm ready to give it to you. Our church is ready to serve the word and reserve it and reserve it <laughs> back to you. So if you missed it, if you want to hear it, you can go back and hear it. It is really important because from February 1st, we're going to start our 21 days of prayer. And as you have received this three weeks of word, and today is week four, and as you receive today's word as well, 
Uh, we as a church, we have been preparing for this for the end, uh, entire January. We have been preparing and learning from God's word how to detox our soul. Week one, we saw uh, tortured soul. Uh, sorry, it wasn't tortured soul. Heavy soul. Then we looked at uh, restless soul. Then we looked at tortured soul. And today we are going to look at the seduced soul. But the reason God has been speaking to us the entire month is that we have a clear idea of the importance of detoxing our soul and turning our heart back to God. Because if we don't turn our heart back to God, no matter what and how much you pray and asking for the presence of God to move in your life, even if God is around you, you can't feel it. The reason being we have put too many other things around us and God right at the back. And we are going to flip that. We are going to have to change that as a church. Amen. Is everybody with me so far? Everybody online with me so far? So it's really important we do that. It's really important that we set time aside. So entire January, we have learned from God's word the importance of detoxing our soul, turning our heart to God. Now in the entire month of February, for 21 days, God is giving us an opportunity to put it into practice what we have learned. Amen? Everybody's like, aha, uh -huh, that's what you've been doing, Pastor. <laughs> if only I knew this was coming up. See, 21 days of prayer is an exciting thing. You know, in the church culture, uh, too many things have become an exciting thing, like, I don't know, uh, worship and, wor and, 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 you know, concerts and, and, and watching various worship artists coming together and singing. All those things are great. But the most exciting thing is we as a church coming to the presence of God and we are all saying we're going to talk to Jesus. That's the most exciting thing. I'm not against worship. I love worship. We have worship. We had a great worship this morning, didn't we? Wonderful thing. The four ladies, it was like the, the ladies' band, right? They did a great job in leading us in worship this morning, and that's fantastic. But there is so much power in prayer. Prayer is the first point of action in our life, not the last resort, not after we try everything and then we say, okay, fine, finally, right, I'll talk to Jesus, let's see what happens. No. The first thing that we do is pray. So 21 days of prayer is super, super important for every single person sitting here, starting from young children also. At King City Church, we encourage young children, you know, uh, including my little daughter Zion. Um, I don't know how she's going to take it, but whatever that is replacing your time from meeting with God, it's best to fast from that. So, so Jamie and I, I think we're going to have a sit-down conversation with my three-year-old daughter, and we're going to tell her, uh, Zion, can you have a Paw Patrol fasting? Can we hide your Paw Patrol dolls for 21 days? Can you have a Peppa Pig fasting? We have no idea how is that's going to go down. 
but that conversation is going to happen maybe tonight or tomorrow. So church, pray for us. You can even start fasting and praying for us from today. You don't have to wait till the first. The importance of it is that we do it as a family. Not just you as a family, but as a church family. If you say, Pastor, I'm not ready for food fasting. I have got medical conditions. I've got different uh, valid reasons. Um, that's okay, I understand. Um, there's Daniel fasting that you could try. Just veg, just veg, just veg. Let me try this side. Any amen? Just veg? Oh, okay, okay. few people who don't mind, right? Daniel's fasting you can try. Uh, you can try social media fasting. Yeah, yeah. You can try entertainment fasting. That includes what, stopping to watch news channel, right? Right? Shopping, my wife says shopping fasting. That includes Amazon, just scrolling through Amazon even though you don't have the money to buy and you keep putting it in save later, right? Your wish list keeps going on and on and on. You have some 98 browsers open in your Chrome that you want to buy in the next 98 years of your life, right? There are anything and everything that, that is replacing your time with God, try to fast from it. And if you say, Pastor, I've never fasted, I've never tried it, this is your year to try it. From next Sunday onwards, I'm going to start this series like never before. And we're going to learn a lot of things like never before. So why don't you try a spiritual exercise like never before? Amen. Let me promise you one thing. You will not die. You will be alive by the end of 21 days. Amen? It's important we do that. All the life group leaders in, uh, encourage your members to do it. And the second thing is, every, for 21 days, every day evening, we have a prayer service. We're not going to meet in person, but the prayer service will be online at 7 p.m. every day. For one hour, we're going to meet online in our church online platform on our website. And there's going to be worship, there's going to be devotion for that day, and also some prayer points that we as a church, we would pray. Amen? And that's going to happen for 21 days, except for Sunday. Why except for Sunday? Sunday evening, this is what we are going to do. We are going to go on prayer walks. Okay? Wherever you live... Every Sunday evening, so we get three Sundays in February for 21 days of prayer. Every Sunday evening, you don't have to go far, right? Don't say, I'm going to go for a, a prayer walk and go to, uh, you know, um, some beach somewhere and say, the Lord has called me to walk in the beach. But in your area where you're living, right, go for a prayer walk every Sunday evening. Go as a family, take your children. Right? If they've never been walking, it's a good thing for them to try walking outside. Right? Daddy, I only go in the car. No, walk. Okay? Everybody, God as a family, it's a great thing to pray together. And, and walk in your area and pray and claim that area for God. You never know whose house that God is going to touch because you just walked around and prayed. We plan to just church in the year 2017. What were we doing before that? We went for prayer walks for two years. 
2015 and 2016, every single corner of this city, my wife and I, we used to go for prayer walks. We were just married then. It was the most romantic thing to do. My, first, uh, my wife initially first thought, oh, my husband loves so much. Look at me taking me walk every day, evening. And then she saw me murmuring. I said, what are you doing? I'm speaking in tongues. Why are you speaking in tongues? I thought we were having a romantic time. I'm also praying for the city. And then she joined me. We started praying together. So young men and women, keep some ideas in mind when you get married in the future. Prayer walks is the most exciting and romantic thing you can do. I'm trying to convince this church in every possible way. <laughs> I hope you get the points. Right? And um, if you go to our website, kingcitychurch.org forward slash 21 days, there's an entire page uh, of all the explanations that are there. And also there's a prayer focus guide. Please download it. Every day there's a theme. It's a single PDF file. It will not take a lot of space in your mobile phone. Don't worry. Uh, we have kept it to a minimum size. So you can just download it. Every day, there's a focus. Uh, first week, uh, there's a focus. Second week, there's a focus. Third week, there's a focus. There's a daily focus. There's scriptures. Uh, you can use that and pray every day. Amen? Can I see a big thumbs up online as well if you're going to be part of this? Amen. Wonderful. We learned through this series, Soul Detox, that we are not a body with a soul, but rather we are a soul with a body. Our focus is not the body, but when God created in Genesis chapter 4, God says He made us as living soul. Not living bodies, but He created us as living soul. Which means that this body that God has given to us is just a shell to protect the life that God has given us. So the life of God is not in our physical being. The life of God is in the spirit man that is on the inside, which is your soul. Which is what God is looking at, which is what God is caring about, which is what God is going to renew and strengthen in the next 21 days. God is going to shape us, God is going to challenge us, God is going to restore a lot of things, God is going to bring some healing into our lives for the next 21 days as we go together in this journey of prayer as one church and as one family. This morning, I want to talk to you from this title, The Seduced Soul. Can our soul be seduced? Is it possible for a soul to be seduced? When is a soul seduced? Whenever we settle for a substitute that is other than God, our soul is seduced into that. The devil is very clever. We learned last week that his language itself is lie. Lie is not something that he says now and then. When he speaks itself, it's a lie. When he opens his mouth, it's a lie. That's his language. And many times what he does is that he seduces us into sin. He seduces us into replacing God and his presence into something else. If you look at the Garden of Eden, what happened? He didn't go and fight with Eve. He seduced Eve into touching the forbidden fruit. 
He gave her an idea saying that if you have this, you will also be as powerful as God. He gave a taste of power to her before she was about to commit this sin. Are you all with me? Many times the devil gives you a taste of something else so that you can give up on this particular verse that says, taste and see that the Lord is good. But the, the devil doesn't like that. The enemy does not like us to keep tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. He wants us to stop doing that. So what he does is that he gives us a pre-taster of something else. The devil always does not go to the main course. He starts with the soup. He starts with starters. Oh, this is just a little thing. Just try it. It's, it's not going to hurt you much. If you, if you skip one Sunday, that's, that's okay. The church will still be open. If you skip your prayer one day, you have a valid reason. Your child is not well. Of course, you have to be with your child. Just skip your prayer life just for one day. Why don't you just skip your Bible reading just for one day? That's okay. You can read a, another book instead or watch somebody else online instead. It's okay. You don't have to have a personal time with God just for one day. He starts with soups. And then he makes it one by two. You know how he makes it one by two? Eve goes to Adam and said, try this. I just tried it. Now that has become one by two. And this spreads out. This goes around. And all of a sudden, Christian culture has changed. All of a sudden, your family life has changed. All of a sudden, there is something wrong and you just can't figure out because we are seduced into something what God did not intend for us in the first place. Amen? So this morning, as you are listening to me, both here and online, check your heart and see if your heart is with God or if it's seduced into something else. Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 and 4. If you got your Bibles with you, you can go to Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 and 4. If you want to switch on your Bibles, if you want to turn your Bibles, you can look at the screen, whatever that you're comfortable with. Exodus 20, 3 and 4, it says, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. God literally goes to every extent to explain you cannot have idols in the sky, nor in the earth, nor under the water in the ocean. Basically, -uh. no idols whatsoever in any shape or form in any shape or form today we have idols in all shapes and forms including the devices we carry it has become an idol in our life where we spend a lot of time with it our soul is created to connect with God and stay connected with God 24 7 
Ask yourself this question. Ask your soul this question. Ask yourself, is my soul connected with God 24-7? We go crazy when the Wi-Fi connection goes off. The world goes crazy when the, when the internet is doomed for like, you know, the, if the servers are down, they lose millions of money in the Facebook HQ. They want to be connected. And what do they say in terms of technology? We are trying to stay connected. We are trying to keep you connected. And they have algorithms. They have, have formulas to keep you on the screen. But God had the only ultimate algorithm to keep you and I connected with Him. And His algorithm is just four letters. You don't have to study coding for this. You don't have to go through courses for this. It's just four letters. You want to know the greatest algorithm that will keep you connected with the divine almighty God? It's L-O-V-E, love. If you experience the love of God, and His only way of wanting to be connected with you is through His love. That is why we have a relational God and not a religious one. That is, how, that is why we have a God who constantly want to listen to us and speak to us. Our soul is meant to be connected with God at all times. If we don't love Him, or if we don't experience His love, then there is something else that is consuming our soul. When you consume everything else except the love of God, you will never be satisfied. Because what this world offers, whatever you might have, it is never satisfied. You'll always feel empty. Because it is only God's love that will fill your soul and you will be satisfied. When God's love fills your heart, when the Holy Spirit comes into you and gives you a peace like never before, it fills your life. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 16 to 19. Go with me to Deuteronomy 4, verse 16 to 19. It says, So do not corrupt yourselves by making an idol in any form, whether of a man or a woman, an animal on the ground or a bird in the sky. A small animal that, that scurries along the ground or a fish in the deepest sea. When you look up into the sky and see the sun, moon and the stars, all the forces of heaven, don't be seduced into worshipping them. <laughs> Here is the creator telling us, don't worship my creation, but worship the Creator alone. We can be so seduced, in, our hearts can be so seduced into, into going far from God. There are various idolatries that is happening. But if we lose our soul into those things, we are gaining nothing. Mark 8.36, it says, for What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet for feet his soul. I want to quickly give you three important points 
And if you're taking notes, please write down. I'm sure most of you would have received our sermon journals. You can use the journal. Please write these things down because it'll help your life. It'll help your life. How to dethrone the idols of our souls. Number one, identify the idol of your soul. That's where you need to start. We do all don't have the same idols in our life, but we do have idols. You cannot see the idol that you're worshipping in the mirror. When you look at yourself, you see, ah, oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing pretty good. Life is okay. The presence of the Lord is flowing in my life. But sometimes we forget and fail to see if you, if you measure your time in an entire day. And if you start thinking realistically and consciously, out of 24 hours, how many hours are you connected with God? How many hours are you connected with God? Now, when I say how many hours are you are connected with God, I'm not asking you to be disconnected from other things that you're supposed to do or be responsible for. Pastor said, be connected with God. I'm not going to write my exams. That is just three hours of exams? No way. That that's an idol. All the students are like preaching to themselves. Yeah. That's an idol. Exams, no. Education, that's an idol. Physics, the devil is a liar. <laughs> Chemistry, oh, pastor, is the worst idol in my life. I need to get rid of it. Those are things that God has allowed to happen in your life and those are things that, that are important. But being connected with God is, is 24-7. Even when you're writing your physics exam or your chemistry exam, you can still be connected with God while you're doing that. I used to connect with God a lot during my exam times. Nobody has to declare fasting prayer in the church. I fast. Nobody has to tell me because God, just, just, just 40 marks, please, Lord. I don't want anything more. Just chemistry, just 40, Lord. And maths, just 40, Lord. Shut the eyes of my teacher when she corrects my paper. Let her not see the things that she's supposed to see. Oh, the prayers we have prayed. The engineering students will also understand this. What is the idol of your soul? Psalm 24, verse 3 and 4, it says, Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol. Whatever you do, do it with a pure heart and a pure soul. Do it with pure hands. Do it with pure hands. Education, do it with a pure heart, pure hands. Business, your work, do it with pure heart and pure hands. Marriage, do it with pure heart and pure hands. Right? Your future, you're praying into it, do it with pure heart and pure hands. Whatever you do, your soul, need, your soul needs to be connected with the Holy One. 
When you're connected with your Holy One, your intentions and everything will become pure heart and pure hands. Everybody will take shortcuts in life, but you will not do it. Even if you know you're going to fail, do it with pure heart and pure hands. You will find God's favor in it. You will find God's favor in it. That's how you stay connected with God all the time. Recently, there was a young man who came up here and he gave a testimony and, and he was saying that he knew that there's an exam the next day, but something had happened and he had to just lie in and he slept a little extra. And when he woke up that morning, he knew that God, there's an exam and he just prayed and God showed him something in his dream where he saw that one particular question that was about to come. He was not quite sure if it was a dream or if it was a hallucination, but he just picked up his book. He prepared for that and he went to the exam hall. The favor of God was upon him. <laughs> that particular question that he had prepared was there and it saved his life. I don't know who they're talking about. And it saved his life. Now that young man could have wrote some extra notes for, for the exam that he can use during the exam. He could have come up with other shortcut ideas. But if you can be just, just be pure and clean and just ask God to help you, God will help you. But don't make that as a habit. Right? Oh, is the, these things can happen? I didn't know these kind of miracles happen in this church. And you start sleeping in every day you have an exam. God, show me the paper. Your mom will come and pour hot water on your face, that's for sure. Clean hands, pure heart is something that we need in our life every day to keep our soul and our heart stay connected with God. Second one, tear down your idols. The moment you identify your idols, whatever that is keeping you away from being clean and pure heart is your idol. The moment you identify that, tear it down. Tear it down. Don't negotiate with it. Don't look into the Bible. Oh, is it, is it okay if I do this, Pastor? No, if it's an idol, tear it down. The Bible says that you will stamp the snake with your foot and it shall die. The Bible did not say you shall talk to the snake and you shall negotiate with your sins so that one day they will go from you. No, no, no. You stamp it right on the head and it shall die in the name of Jesus. Whatever, whatever idols that you have in your life that is taking you away to be a pure heart and clean hands in your life, we don't negotiate with those things. We tear it down in the name of Jesus. We don't wait for it to go away. We knock it down in the name of Jesus. Love for money, we tear it down. Love for entertainment, we tear it down. Crush it. Don't tolerate it. Demolish it in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
Mark chapter 10, verse 21, it says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. And he said, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Here is a self-righteous guy who comes and asks God, Lord, I'm doing everything that says in your law. I'm a Jewish person. I have read your scriptures from a very young age. In Jewish families, they, they, they get you to memorize the Torah, the laws, everything from the age of seven. If you don't memorize it, if you don't know, uh, don't know it, there is no food for you that day. And they can't order from Zomato either because there's no Zomato those days. And they learnt it by, you know, they have everything by heart. And this guy was always following Jesus, always following God with the laws. And he comes to Jesus, help me, show me. There was, there was this super spiritual, you know, mask that he was wearing. And God looked right through his mask and said, you might look super spiritual on the outside, you know, saying all the laws of his word by heart from the tip of your tongue. But there is an idol in your life. And the idol is you have too many possessions and, and your heart is with your possession. Go and give it away. He says, go and sell everything you have and give it to a poor. And you will have treasure in heaven, which means that you will be bankrupt here on earth. Now that's the scary part that he is not willing to give up. You will have treasures in heaven, but go give everything to the poor. Then... Come, follow me. What is it that, that, that is holding your heart? What is it that is too precious to you? What is it uh, that you think is your possession? Can you give that away? Can you give that away? See God. Put Him first. It could be Twitter or it could be television. It could be money. It could be job. It could be some relationships that in your life that is taking a lot of time and you just don't have time for God, whatever it is, can you see God first? Can you seek God first? Tear down your idols. Don't entertain it. Don't try to negotiate with it. Don't try to sweet talk it because your soul is already seduced by it and you need to rip it out of your life. Amen? Amen? It's like those wax strips that they put on, put on the body, right? And they just, Arr! they don't do slowly. They just, they just go for it. When a, when a doctor is doing a surgery, you know, they, they get you out. You are flat out and they put the knife. They don't gently, is it okay if I cut you here? That's what they expect the church to do these days. Spiritually, that's what, that's what they expect the Word of God to do these days. To, to massage you and make you feel that you are okay. Even if you're sinning, it's alright. The Lord knows your shortcomings. The grace of God covers you. Yes, the grace of God covers you, but the Word of God will cut you out. When Peter preached, 
his first sermon, the Bible says everybody was cut to their heart. And they repented and they gave their life to Jesus. When you need healing, when you need compassion, the word of God will soothe in you. But if you have idols in your life, if you have sin in your life, that's not the time you go to a massage parlor. You need a surgeon. Hello? When something needs to get out, you don't go to a massage guy and say, can you massage it out of my life? No, you don't. Doctor, cut me, open me, get it out. I laid all down on the operation theater. We are ready to do that. But we expect massages in church. We expect massages, you know, to, to pastor, you're speaking too strong, pastor. Can you just please tone it down a little bit? It's too sensitive. Yes, I know it's sensitive. I know it's hard. But God is ready to heal you. And if he's ready to heal you and set you free from the sins, set you free from the idols in your life, some things you need to tear it out of your life. It will be ouch, painful. It will be, ah, oh, it's really hard. I'm not able to give up on that particular relationship. I'm not able to give up on that particular friendship. I'm not able to give up on this particular thing. If this go away, I know it's going to be really painful. And God knows it's going to be really painful. But he'll rip it apart. And then he will come and hold you and give you a hug and say, it's okay. I got you. I am not letting you go. The healing will come in. The healing will come in. He will not leave you to die. He is a God who restores your life. Somebody shout amen. amen. He's a God who restores you, heals you, and sets you free. I feel the presence of God in this place, and I believe that God is speaking to everybody, including me. Hallelujah. Amen. Number three, fill your soul with God. How to dethrone the idols of your life. Number one, identify the idols of your soul. Number two, tear it down. And number three, now fill it with God. Psalm 84 verse 2, it says, My soul earns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cries out to the living God. This is why I love the psalmist. He cries to God. He asks for the presence of God. Even though God called him as a man after his own heart, he never got satisfied with anything. He always wanted more of God in his life. More of God in his life. If there is one thing that you want to pray for the next 21 days, even if you don't want to follow the prayer focus or the prayer guide, the, I, I don't know, whatever that you want to do for the 21 days, can you just do one thing? Every day you ask God, Lord, can I experience more of you? God, can I experience more of you? Show me a different dimension of you. Show me, Lord, in such a way that, that I will experience you like never before. Like never before. Psalm 107 verse 9, he says, For God satisfies the longing soul. And the hungry soul, he fills it with good things. What are you longing for? God will fill it. Is it scriptural? What you're longing for, is it biblical? Long for the things of your soul. Everything that is needed for the flesh will be taken care. 
seek first and his kingdom which is a matter of your soul and everything else shall be added unto you which is the matter of your life Psalm 42 verse 1 and 2 it says as the deer panteth for streams of water so my soul pants for you O God my soul thirsts for God and my soul thirsts for the living God